Hey everyone, welcome to Casual Conversations. My name is Sheena and we're here to talk about some of the conversations I have throughout the week with everyday people. Today's podcast, we will have a guest, Erica Alisea, talking with us today. Hi, Erica. Hi, Sheena. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and you? I am well, thank you so much. And um, if you don't know, Erica Alisea is the amazing um what do we call wife mother teacher um (laughs) church leader at elements church um and um newfound blogger for charlotte mason city living blog and um we want to talk more and let our listeners know about the charlotte mason philosophy for childhood education and um yeah <laughs> so i'm a newbie to the charlotte mason um conversation ever since our visit to our visit to um the church in new jersey and um, it was introduced um thanks to erica and opened up our eyes to a new world and apparently her eyes keep opening <laughs> <laughs> opening so like who is this charlotte mason person oh my goodness that is such a loaded question (laughs) (laughs) so i was i was introduced to charlotte mason also by some dear dear friends of mine um homeschooling friends um i am also a homeschooling mom and um they just kept talking about charlotte mason charlotte mason and so many beautiful things um th- their names are Simone and Mariana they're just amazing moms and so <laughs> they then invite me to a conference and a, a one-day conference and I go on as a speaker who she ended up becoming a friend of mine too man she's speaking about Charlotte Mason and she goes when I met Miss Mason when I and then she started talking and I'm like wait a minute she's dead like this whole time I thought she was alive <laughs> I thought thought she was this contemporary person um, because and and doing such amazing things. And I was just like, wait, she said, okay. Um, Well, let me start off with like, there are like a lot of books on her and and articles and and websites. So I'm just going to give a little snippet the best way that I can in a short time. Okay, Um, everybody, if you're listening, make sure you write these things down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Um, Erica did like super research. <laughs> well, I, I, I just, I, you said let's have a casual conversation, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's list it out. Let's go. Miss <laughs> so, um, Mason, Miss Mason was was a, a turn of the century British educator. Um, she's also mm. a, a published author, and she basically dedicated her entire life to the education of children. She was innovative and progressive and way ahead of her time. What personally so got mm-hmm, go really quickly, like what was what was normal during that time? Like you say she's an innovator, but like what oh was normal? My gosh, she was innovative because, um, for example, during those times, children were to be seen and not heard. Hmm. And she believes, right, 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 right. Because it's only recently that children have gotten a voice, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? It's only recently within the last 
I don't know, say a couple generations, or maybe the, just the last generation. And so um, she she believed that they were people, that they were people who were um, created by God, who were who were equal to us. Um, although the knowledge was was less just because of time and years, they were created um, human beings. They were born people. They um, were um, they had born with thoughts and ideas already wonderings. And so during those times, that's not how children were thought of. Um, so, so that's how I mean. It's, that's just one simple way of her, her thinking was progressive. So you're talking about turn of the century. This is only recently that children are are, are getting a voice per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, and so she was, you mentioned she was a Christian, right? Oh yeah, connected there. Say that again. Yes. You mentioned that she was she's a Christian, right? Yes. So that's what got me. Like <laughs> like her philosophy was really rich and broad. But it was completely gospel-based and Holy Spirit-led. Gospel-based and Holy Spirit-led. So as a matter of fact, she had this understanding of the whole child that was beyond any educator I've ever studied. And I I was an elementary school teacher for over a decade. I, I studied to become a teacher. I wasn't one of those people who like they went to college for something else and then they became a teacher. No, like I studied to be a teacher. And her the way she understood the child, not just the mind, but the the spiritual aspect of the child, their spirituality, um, their their character, um, so many things about the way she understood children. I feel like they were beyond like a, a and I and I believe without any doubt that it was because she was led by the Holy Spirit, and she was led mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit to lead others in understanding um, a, a child. So this uh, just wasn't just for her knowledge and and to teach children, but it was like um, I don't know how to explain it. Like 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 she, it was literally something that everyone should have like followed or, or shared down absolutely absolutely she she you know what's amazing i mean it's just surprising to to learn that she never married and she never had children what? she completely yeah she completely dedicated herself to wow. education and you're completely right in that she didn't just she could have like there are so many wonderful teachers out there um and and they have these wonderful experiences with with their students or wonderful mothers out there having these experiences with their child but then it takes um it takes another type of person to say you know what i'm going to share this with the world because i don't want to keep this beauty that really again it comes from the gospel I don't want to keep this beauty just here. I want to spread this because this is what God has called me to do. He has called me to spread the gospel. And so she trained teachers. She eventually um, started schools and she would train teachers and she would train homeschooling moms. So that right there. And then that even spread. She ended um, They ended up starting schools using her uh, philosophy and, and her methods uh, actually internationally. Um, wow. in different yeah in different continents so she she was just 
amazing, especially in spreading the this this gospel of of um, God's word mm-hmm. to be living in in a child from from the youngest to to the oldest. So, what would you say is like the like? Because I remember like how I know we've started implementing it in church. We'll talk about that later on at another another episode. Um, but like we we have we have so many things that we have thoughts and dreams for our own children. Um, how does that play? Like how does that like with Charlotte May? Because this woman sounds amazing. <laughs> But her philosophy, like, what are the guidelines, like, uh, to make sure that? Because me, as a as a mom, I know, like, for for my kids, I'm like, oh, my kids are gonna be famous musicians one day, or <laughs> or I'm gonna have a biologist and this. But how do how does that work as a as a parent? And then you have this philosophy, like, what's the marriage between the two? She has this. Gosh, I hope I know. I'm I, I'm gonna paraphrase here because I don't know the quote per se. Okay about children we teach them not based on what we thought they were going to become but based on who they are based on who they are um, who, who they are created already who are they created as and um, you're a mom so you yeah. know from from the moment your your children were born they are didn't just a year it was from the beginning and so it, it's about, and it goes to, so there's 20 principles of, of hers that are, that, that we follow. But the first principle was to her the most important, which was what I was stating before. She was a firm believer that children are born persons. They're not be written on or an empty born thinking, wondering, with the ability to know, to learn. And, and that's why we don't say, oh, they're going to become this, they're going to be that, and, and focus on that. Instead, it's... Um, they, respect- they are. Yeah, they are. And, and and they can hear from the Holy Spirit just as we do. And now, three years old, four years old, five years old, you know, those moments when your child has said something and you're like, what? How how could that even come from a child in a positive way? How could that even come from? <laughs> right? Yes, because we know some other choice words could come out of a child's mouth. Those moments <laughs> when, like, with something, your child, toddler, something like God has this, or or I don't know, something like, and you're like, what? It's going to be okay. Be, it, 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 that it's sounds like the elementary children. Like a lot of times when, and then I think you've seen some of the posts that um, Jen puts up. Oh, I'm not on social media as much. (laughs) Or even like when, when we um, get the text messages with Dahlia reading certain things. Um, Yes. I hope hope she doesn't mind talking about her daughter, but. Right. (laughs) Mentioned the other day that, that her, her children comforted her in such a way i think it was her daughter she comforted that that is beyond um that that that, those were those are holy spirit led moments and so we can't like what 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 jesus says we can't despise the children and put them to the side 
right? And and think that they're just kids. No, no, they are born persons. They the Holy Spirit speaks to them also, and so therefore we have to um, respect them and and listen. And it, it's not that there's listen. The Bible says that 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 children um, they, that they're uh, full of folly, right? That there's folly in their hearts, and and that's so they need correction and direction, of course. But then there are those moments that they can hear from the Holy Spirit, and so we have to respect that. So also within within the respect in that nature, like there's basically almost like a push pull from the way that we were raised, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like so, it's like. Okay, you have these these things that sound great, feel great, and Charlotte Mason is absolutely um, like. I feel like after the conference that I, I actually met her. Yeah, you know, with being around so many people that understand her philosophy and in um, non-city areas. <laughs> Because, right. like, I mean, they're really not in the city. So, um, hear from you, uh, it, it really means a lot more for our listeners that are more geared toward from, they, they're from the city, um, which we'll get into that as well. <laughs> in part two, I know everyone's going to be like, no, talk more. Um, but I, I feel like feel like the philosophy is not as understood until implemented is that true just just like any philosophy everything sounds like you're like oh that sounds good that's good sounds gonna say wait but how do i implement this (laughs) what what are the what's the practical application here so she has um there's one of her most famous quotes is that education is an atmosphere, a discipline, a life. That's what I have on my my website. It's the charlamasoncityliving.com website has that's the first thing you see when you open it when you open up. And I, I can I can break it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me also state that she used the analogy even before I break it down. She she used this analogy when it comes to education of a feast. The education is a feast and it's up to the educator to provide the right feast for our students that that's rich with nutrition um so okay really quickly Mm -hmm. question is is this feast also related to her plenaries that they called in the when we went to the conference is that the same thing or no yes yes they were talking about the feast yes okay and and that's her analogy and 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 that goes also to how she was progressive in that, like, like I was saying that um, the, the child isn't a blank slate, right? So mm-hmm. um, she, she used the analogy of when we as educators or when we as parents tell them what it is that they should be learning. Think about like back in the days, like the lecture, the person, the teacher who would lecture um, <laughs> or, or the person, the teacher who's asking questions, but they're asking you their questions because they want their answer do, do you understand mm-hmm. it's like it, yeah. and, and and the teacher's trying to make these connections for you so when they do that the teacher is then chewing the food for the student whereas the student should be able to chew their own food and, and that's how they're going to get 
their own nutrition, right? Because they're chewing their own food, right? So correct. So um, she she uses this this idea of the feast, and and I love this quote of hers. I this one I, I do have. Um, it says, "We need not labor to get children to learn their lessons. That if we would believe it, it is a matter which nature takes care of. Let the lessons be of the right sort, and children will learn them with delight." So she's saying, if you spread this feast that's just right for them, that's rich with nourishment, then you don't even have to try to coax them to learn. You don't have to pull teeth. It, it just, it's just this natural, like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry and I'm hungry for that. I want to eat this, right? I want to eat this up. Yeah. So these are the, the atmosphere, discipline, the life. Um, education is an atmosphere, discipline, the life. So when she writes about atmosphere, she's she's referring to like the surroundings like the circumstances in which a child grows up and this is the one that i i think gets most parents a little nervous and 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 it makes me nervous too it, a child breathes in the atmosphere of the parents and of the teacher so the atmosphere so, is vital right it's vital in their education so like if you have this atmosphere that is um filled with anxiety and worry then they're gonna drink that right if it is one of uh like being rigid um unwavering or 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 unloving this is the atmosphere that they're growing up in however if it's an atmosphere of of love of patience of um, understanding of learning of fun all of these things then all of that atmosphere is everything it's everything even the little things like 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 um you know sometimes i think i think uh in a, in a broader sense of what those that i just mentioned of love and of forgiveness and all but then sometimes it's just having everything in place and in order atmosphere Correct. Is because it'll be a different atmosphere for like a single parent like you know, a single home parent or a two parent home or whether the parents actually get along or, you know, oh my so that's what you're saying. Well, everything. There, there's so many dynamics um, or, okay. or even, even practical dynamics of let, let's let I'll give you the example of um, our weekends are often busy. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're often full. We might spend a lot of the time outside of the house because we're going to different events or whatever it may be. And before you know it, um, our foyer by the door entrance is filled. It's filled with bags. It's filled with book bags. It's filled. <laughs> and so before you know it, everybody's kind of crabby. But nobody's saying they're crabby because they can't find anything. They're crabby because of the ambiance of the atmosphere. Instead, everyone's just crabby. And I learned, oh my gosh, like everyone's irritated because they can't find their things. Um, they're they're stepping on stuff. Things are in the way. Little things like so. It, that's a that's a practical way of thinking. Atmosphere, even your organization even, or lack of, even the mess affects the attitude of the people surrounding it. So that that's a practical one. And then the other one that I talked about was you know emotion and and or how yeah. how we treat others. Um, there's so many different dynamics of atmosphere. But that's basically um, the, the circumstance or, or the surrounding. So the next one is is discipline, right? So we have mm. atmosphere <laughs> and discipline. So discipline for us, right? Is is um, you're gonna get a pow pow if you don't do what I tell you to do? 
right? Right? <laughs> so that's it. Like that's but that's how we were raised. Yeah. We were raised in, or or you not even just a pop out, you get punishment, you get time out, you get, you know, these type of things um with a negative connotation whereas I noticed even with my kids, like with Curtis and Onara, um they it's not time out. I, what works best with them is do you need personal time? Because instead of saying, oh, this is a punishment, maybe you need to value personal time so you can think about your decision. And that's a that was a huge change that actually did work with my preteen and teenager (laughs) after going to the conference. And I saw a shift, definitely a shift in where they value even my time when I need a timeout. And I say, listen, mommy's had a lot. Like I need at least 10 and I put a time limit. I say, I need at least 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Is that okay with you? I'm going to close my door and I need a timeout. And now they're like, oh, okay. She's in timeout mode. <laughs> you know that? Or I have to respect their space now when they have timeout. That's right. Absolutely. So, so that's something that I, I believe even discipline can, I don't know, it's, it can change. It definitely can change. It's like with the routines that you have during the day, like I'm one of those people that don't finish everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I can start things and then it's like, oh yeah, I'll get back to it later. And then my children picked up on that. Um, what was it? What did you call at first? The atmosphere. Yeah. That is sort of the atmosphere of, okay, she starts things and doesn't, and I'm and not really um obligated to finish it yes. you know yes. that's a that's a poor atmosphere to create so maybe we start cleaning but then we have to run out to an event or we have to run out because you know they're musicians so if they're getting picked up right now they have to drop and then we gotta go right right um, we have to be somewhere at a certain time so i'm trying to navigate that a little bit better i have not been successful yet right. <laughs> right. and i think i think that they're because they're all related the, the examples that you gave they're all related because when it comes to discipline, it's about well, it's several things. Um, I just read from her. I'm on her second volume right now. She wrote, she authored uh, six volumes of for education, and mm-hmm. um, her her second one, which is actually such a great one, it's uh, parents and children, and she talks about discipline in a way that I had never, never seen it as she describes it she says the the origin of the word is actually about being a disciple a disciple so when we talk about discipline it's that they be a disciple of ours so how what are we modeling for them and that took a whole that that made me look at discipline in a completely different way I was just like, oh my gosh, yes, because I looked at it the way you described. And instead, Mm -hmm. and you know what's funny? She, let me tell you something. So (laughs) she was funny because her sarcasm um, comes off. And then again, she was British and from back in the days. So um, she would just kind of be, she would just say things the way they were. And and Mm -hmm. so in in the passage, she talks about, um, she said, discipline is not this, this. And she even says a slipper. And it made me laugh because I was just like, oh, my gosh, they were using slippers back then. Too. The chanta. The chanta was exactly what I, and I wrote it on the book. I wrote chanta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my goodness. But yes, but that's 
that is so amazing like and you know honestly everybody says oh they need to be beat they needed this and i'm like you really don't understand children do you now that i now that i i've had this, this education towards it now i'm not a pro i'm nowhere near a pro with charlotte mason but i know certain little changes have helped um right because so the discipline when she she refers to discipline is the discipline of good habits and she says that habit formation led or leads to character formation so all the, right. the, the if you spend the time she, she talks about the mother who spends the time that that labor of of developing good habits then gets to enjoy the fruit later on so you you the good habits of of listening of focusing of um uh, cleaning right the responsibilities at home all all of those they lead to character formation um yeah she was huge on that cuz she was like if you, if, if you if you develop good char- good habits the the child's human nature if you don't develop the good habits i should say their human nature becomes their own stumbling block becomes their own stumbling block so because their brain is already on autopilot yeah. like oh yeah I'm not, well, you, that's it you, you know Bible I don't worry about this this is she's very again I, what I love is that this is all gospel based in that she this all leads to by the Bible and the verses you know um, so when we give into the flesh it's nothing positive comes out of that and and Correct. oftentimes we think of of the the, the more lustful things um, but mm-hmm. but how about laziness Right. I was about to say that. Right. Like laziness. I'm like, really? Laziness, um, selfishness, lack of consideration, mm-hmm. all of those things. It's like or cleanliness. All of those things, you know, they 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 affect because they they then go from it becomes part of the character of the of the, the child. The child is one day going to become a man and or a woman. Or a woman. And so yeah. what then what kind of man or woman do they become? Are they going to be one who who's uh, a person of integrity, a person of of cleanliness, a person of order? All of those things carry in how you carry yourself at home is how you carry yourself outside or at, at work Correct. or at school. Or you'll have a Freudian slip like most of our politicians. <laughs> right. So so if you don't if you don't this anyway, so we can just go on and on. But, but this is definitely yeah. um Uh, 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 good habits or habit formation was pivotal pivotal she goes into it in detail um throughout her her volumes um and then the third one was life now life applies to the academic portion um she believed that that we should, education is life right well that that we need it in order for them to be educated that they had to have living thoughts and living ideas and this takes us back to that mm-hmm. feast analogy if we provide them a feast of living ideas ideas that um give 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 life um then they naturally become active learners so for our listeners can you give them an example of what a, a living idea yes, is yes. like just an example yes yeah definition of her term living this is how what what it means to me is more about the highest quality um there's no fluff or what she used to call twaddle um and, and it's not dry so for example um if a living book she, she it's very big once you start learning about Charlotte Mason you hear about living books um 
you you learn that they are books that are um, of the highest quality, um, written well, but also written in a way that you know that the the, the author was passionate about something. Whatever they're mm. writing about, the passion comes through. It, it's not it's not some fluff. It, it's not like you know, oh, okay, yeah, that was that was okay. No, it it, it makes you think and 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 it, it breathes one idea to the next to the next um a, a, li- a living book makes the subject come alive so um these living books like they they li- they lead like i said to living ideas or even actions so um for example having an idea of um um sorry i'm getting a little distracted with my daughter <laughs> i asked her to, to give her some some time and and she i think she's kind of had it um it, it, maybe, maybe your time's up <laughs> so we were reading we've been reading the little house series and from the very first book um they were very much about family and mm-hmm. and doing and say again um the little house you said it's a little house series are they written by different authors oh, or is it one author no no it's just one author laura ingles wilder um and she, okay. it kind of it tracks her life from actually it starts when she was around four years old to um to actually adulthood and um so within within that that like even within the first story um i noticed a change in um my own daughter in one her wanting to be more um helpful around the house and wanting to to help with um with with chores or the family mm-hmm. contributions because that's how they were and to me that was an example of this is how um a living idea it was such a simple but it's written so well and it's a beautiful story and and the 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 um the stories are wonderful but then the fact that it then instilled in her this desire to do something that i had mm-hmm. been wanting her to do for forever <laughs> you know? so are there <laughs> but are there ever like let's say like living books living books and living ideas that are that that even though you want to have a positive action out of them or what have you are there some that are, that are just really hard because of, because of the subject matter or or what have you like is there anything that I mean, if i'm asking this yeah, question no right, i get but, what you're saying that I, i get what you're saying so her, my, my son's a, right yeah <laughs> what living you know living book can i give him to deal with his change of hormones or change you know right. just the things that are harder so, so you know she she again one of the beautiful things about her is that she she was very much about you you meet the child where they're at mm-hmm. you don't put them in a box you're going to meet them where they're at and so you would choose you would choose a subject matter or or um even the the way it's expressed in a way you would ex- you would choose what's right for them that's age appropriate so okay. um you might get something that's well you just use the example for your son so for your son um maybe a story um it might be a, a current so so that's not another thing because with the living books like when you when you find when you research like on websites and stuff like that lots of times they give you old books old classic mm-hmm. books and and that's fine but it you can't just dis- <laughs> you can't discount the newer books right 
Okay. So they, there are Correct. there are contemporary books that are living, but but we as parents and as educators we have to do our research, right? So we can't just be like, um, oh, this sounds cool, right? It's no, you, you, you can't read this. <laughs> you know, you have to do if, if you got to read, you got to ask around, you got to get re- recommendations. You know, who are you getting your recommendations from? Also, so if, if you have um, at home, you have Christian standards. Um, then you, you want to ask someone who has similar Christian standards. And correct. Um, mm-hmm. And then you want to. Like for everything. <laughs> say again. Say again. My go-to for Curtis is Randy. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah, because he's like, oh yeah, I read this book, and I'm like, yeah, but that's. I was like, that's good. I said, he said you can even read it as mom. There was a book that his friend wrote. Um, which I believe to be a living book because it, it made a change in his in his um, relationship with little Randy. Yeah. Um, a positive change. And I said, oh, wow, like this would be amazing. Um, it's really geared towards dads, towards their sons. But, you know, knowing my situation, um, I'm like, I'm trying to make sure that he has everything he needs to be a young man of God. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. That, that's, that's what I mean, that we, we have to, but I think we have to do our part in doing the research and finding because what someone says, oh, this works, this, this mm-hmm. is good for it, doesn't mean that it's good. You have to know your child. You have to know their ability. Correct. You have to know where they're at, their maturity. So many things. Um, but okay. there, there are. And, and I, again, this is such a, a gospel-based, uh, gospel-based philosophy. So it's Holy Spirit-led. And so we as believers know when we pray and we ask God to direct us with our children, Lord, direct mm-hmm. me to the right book or direct me to the right series or direct me to the right person or direct me to the right um, website, that he is faithful and he will do so. He will direct Amen. us. Even with the simplest things, sometimes we, we pray for like like the big things, right? Lord, you know, help, help me, uh, you know, have enough money for, for my bill. No, Lord, direct me. Show me the right website. Direct that I me, need. yes. What's mm-hmm. the, what, who's the right person who's the right and, and he's so faithful in doing that amen so <laughs> I know we kind of like tore this thing apart <laughs> in, in like the first but I know there's just so much more that our listeners can hear in our next series where we speak about more of the implementation and um, yeah I believe we're speaking more about the implementation of each of each I think it's called a plenary and or or not uh, am uh, i saying this wrong it, well plenary is just kind of it, it they just mean um like um when you go to a conference and, and it's like the little workshops yeah kind of things um so oh, okay it's, so it's no about the implementation of her philosophy and methodology yeah so so in 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 our next our next part, we're going to hear how you've implemented it in your home and then how we've also done it at Elements Church. For the children, church- yes. For the children's yes. church. Yeah, so look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and thank you to all of our listeners for joining us for our casual conversations with our special guest, Erica Alistea. The next time you hear us, she will be back to make sure we can learn more about the Charlotte Mason theory. Make sure you check out her blog, which is um, Charlotte Mason City Living. And I believe it's a blog, right? Uh, it's dot com. Yeah. Dot com. Yes. <laughs> it's a dot com. <laughs> 
And do you have an Instagram? Do I what? Have an Instagram. I do. It's CM City Living. Okay, CM City, City Living. Living. That's Charlie or Charlotte Mason mm-hmm. City Living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On IG. All right, guys. Um, it was great talking to you. Great talking to you, Erica. Same here. And we'll have more casual conversation next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay.